So from, from the book of Titus in chapter 1, verse number 1, it says, Paul is a slave of God, and he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he puts his slavery unto God first. And because he's not talking about his position as if he personally is to be a person. If he has this, this uh, position, this title by the grace of God. But the first thing that he is, is the slave of God. Is I might be an evangelist. Well, well, that's my title according unto my gift. But the first thing about us, both me and you, is our slavery unto God and our slavery unto our Lord Jesus Christ. It isn't about being praised by men. Is I have the title, I have the office, I have the gift to serve men. I mean, it isn't to earn the esteem of man or the praise of man or the holiness um, of, 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 of mankind is to reside in me. I get my gospel from our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want to find out what are your gifts, the first thing you do is be a slave of God. The, the, the first thing you do is you put your eyes on Christ and you look to Christ in the gospel and you love him and serve him with all of your might and he will show you your gifts and he will lead you in areas that you think that you can help that bring joy unto you. As soon as a daisy heard the gospel, the first thing that she did is organize meetings in a Saba. And she's still doing that now with joy. That is a gift, and she's going to be continuing it. That is something that God has called her to do and to be a helper like Phoebe. The first thing I did uh, when I heard... The, on the blessed gospel and my soul was set free was uncontrollably I began to speak and set forth it's the gospel of Jesus Christ because that was my gift and 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 if he had not called me to be a preacher if I had gone into coaching if I had gone into business or or as as to, to, to as to, whatever else, um, the, the Almighty God as to would call us unto do, as long as we start with slavery unto Christ and maintain is our slavery unto Christ, that, that, that starts us off in the ball game. What can I do for you? What can I do is because I'm, is I'm happy in Christ. I know I'm to obey you. A person was asking last night at the seminar about 
It's about their calling in life. And how can I know my calling if it's um, to minister or to preach or um, et cetera, et cetera. If you're not going to hear a dream or some vision or it's an angel, hey, I'm calling you to preach. No, no, no. But as your eyes are on Christ, as you're serving him, as you're being obedient unto the gospel, it's the Lord God is going to guide you as you ask him. And he's going to equip you uh, for doing that which he called you to do. Is he never called a man to preach and didn't give him the qualifications and character and the ability to teach? And so he says that it's, it's according to the faith of God's elect. And so everyone knows about election if you've been if you've been listening unto me for a long time. Election is God choosing you. He chose you from before time began. And that's why you heard and believed the gospel. The elect are differentiated, distinct, and distinguished from all men in the world. The elect have been taught by God. The elect have the privileges of the gospel. The elect have the inheritance. Yes, it's for everyone who believes, but the elect, as our brother John Calvin said, it's the elect alone that God gives the grace of the perseverance of faith. The elect alone have true faith because even our faith is a gift of God and comes down from heaven. The elect have been called with, with, with irresistible power and with special grace. The elect are the people of God from before the foundation of the world. You are different because God has made a difference in between you and Esau, in between you and somebody else. The, the difference, and I was explaining this unto the people last night, if I'm the difference maker, if I'm the reason I'm going to heaven, if God has preached the, the exact same gospel and he's done the exact same thing for everybody, but I'm the difference maker. I choose. It's my free will. It's me. That's salvation by works. That's not by grace. You're the difference maker. It, it's you. And thus, uh, the praise is unto you in the secrets of your heart. And there'll be no praise unto ourselves at the throne of God in heaven's bliss. God is a difference maker. He is a reason that I've come to believe a gospel. He is the reason for everything that's good in us. Because left unto ourselves is the book of Romans. 
in chapter number three. There is none good. That means there is no goodness inside of me and you at all. There's, there is no ability to come to Christ. There is no choosing Christ. There is no loving Christ. Because that which is flesh is flesh and it's cursed. He cursed us in the garden with spiritual death. In the day you eat, you shall die. Adam died that day. It didn't take him 800 plus years in order to die. He died that day. And in dying, he died. He died physically. But he was saved and he went into heaven. But this spiritual death is a curse that's, that has come upon us and so that we cannot believe the gospel. Our, it's our own will is bound. It's, it's our unwillingness. Look what the scripture says. It's from Romans 3. Verse number 9 through 12. What then? Are we better than they? Are you better than anybody on earth? It could be a homosexual. It could be a, a transvestite. It could be a, a, a person that likes to kill dogs and is mean unto animals. Are you better than than any human being on earth? If so, you're already self-righteous and proud. And you're further from the kingdom than you might think. Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks, both religious and irreligious, both moral and immoral, that they are all under sin. They're pressed down under sin's power. They're under sin's control. They love sin more than anything or anybody else. That's why the Lord said in Matthew chapter number 13, you will not come unto me that you might be healed. They close their eyes. They don't want to be healed of the plague of sin. They don't want to follow God by his sovereign grace through our Lord Jesus. They don't want to live a life of holiness by the gospel. They don't want to give God all the glory and praise because they have a sin nature. And, and, and our sin nature is opposed unto God. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. Preach the gospel for a thousand years and nobody will understand it unless a miracle happens that raises Lazarus from the dead. There is none who seeks after God. I can hear the gospel all, all my days, all my years. I will never truly seek after God in my heart by faith to find him. I'm like a thief that can't happen to find any is is I'm like a thief that can't find a policeman. I'm not looking. I'm 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 actually looking in the opposite direction. I'm actually hiding. And that's why I couldn't find him. 
And that's like Adam. He ran from God and hid himself. And if God had not brought Adam back and confronted him and saved him, Adam would have kept on going astray all of his years and ended up in hell. They have all turned aside that they have together become unprofitable. Everybody, all together, if we sing all together, that means everybody's singing. Well, everybody is sinning and has this sin nature. There is none who does good, no, not one. If coming unto Christ is good, if loving God is good, if seeking after God is good, if obeying God is good, if being willing to bow and submit unto God is good, there is nobody who does it on planet Earth except for the people that God gives this saving grace to. Now, if you want it, you can have it. If you take it, it is yours. But that just means that God, our Father, has elected you. If you want it, he chose you. If you need it and you got to have it and you trust him for it, he, he, he gave it to you from before the foundation of the world. Let's go back into the book of Titus. And when we preach our gospel, if we want to preach it crystal clear, um, I don't have to be angry, but I have to open the text. I have to open the text. I have to open the text. Every text, if we just try to open it as just as wide as we possibly can, and after it's been opened as wide as I can open it, then you move on into the next text. That's the simplicity of preaching. I was talking uh, with the brother here, uh, Dr. Wadrid Beatrice. Is I won't say how few, because this message is maybe be out. But he knows so very few pastors in Equa who preach the gospel, and he taught in the seminary, and he was a pastor of pastors at the chapel. If he learned the blessed gospel from the whites that are there still and have been in Nigeria for over, you know, up to maybe up to up to 40 years. But he was talking about how preaching is just so simple. It's in the text. It's opening up the text. It's moving on. It's relying upon the Holy Spirit of God. It's for God to uh, begin to break men and humble them. And then to begin to mold them 
and to build them up by the gospel. And I'm 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 so happy to, uh, to be here and to spend time with him and to encourage him and to be encouraged by him. And I think that the people here uh, in Zamfara, after I'm gone, I will have an extra, extra resource, a person that's preaching the gospel. But back, I'm into uh, the book um, of Titus. In chapter 1, this faith of God's elect, the acknowledgement of the truth, it's, it's, it's of God's election. You can't despise the election of God and believe the truth of the gospel. Is in the book of Second Thessalonians in chapter two. This is a non-optional gospel. Second Thessalonians two verse number thirteen. After Paul just finished talking about those who are consumed by lying signs and wonders, and 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 I tell you, stay a stay away from them. It's a false confidence. It's a lie. As the brother says now in in verse number thirteen, Second Thessalonians chapter two verse thirteen, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning He chose you for salvation. He's the difference maker. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth. The Holy Spirit, he causes us to believe the truth of the gospel. And then what Paul is saying here, when you turn back um, into Titus in chapter 1, verse 1, which accords with godliness. It's in harmony with godliness. The truth of God's election leads to a godly and a holy life. And if I don't have a godly and a holy life, that means I don't believe in the truth of God's election. And we have to, is we have to get off of this thing about only one side of the gospel. About the preaching um, of election uh, without the preaching of good works. Yes. And if we, as we keep going here in chapter 1, verse number 6, yes, it is only God that can save my children, our children. It's only God. But yet I have a responsibility to preach the gospel unto them, to discipline them, to show them the, the actual way of the Lord, and to be godly in my influence and in my dealing with them, to teach them the gospel. As I was blessed, as I read 
just a little bit about uh, Hudson Taylor. I believe he had eight children or nine children over a pretty short period of time. And, and it was only four that survived into adulthood, but all four became missionaries. So that means that he was doing something right with his children. He was teaching them. He was preaching unto them the blessed gospel as he was modeling it in in their lives. It was everything unto him as he's dealing with those children. Now that 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 doesn't mean that your child might not be Esau. And because both Esau and both Jacob had the same good parents of Rebekah and Isaac. But only one of them was saved. And that's the sovereign choice of God. And without God's choice, none of them would be saved. But the means that God uses to save people, even though it doesn't work on everybody else, it works on God's elect. And when God's elect get to living in godliness, they evidence and they show the gospel. And even if I lived on a deserted island or I'm in a prison cell all by myself, I'm still to live a godly life because that's, that is my responsibility and that is my relationship is with God. It's with fruit bearing. He's ordained us that we bear fruit and that our fruit should remain. Um, it's the book of John. And it's in chapter number, chapter number 15. Verse number 16, you did not choose me, there are people who love this, but they stop here in the early part of this verse, and I understand that particular aspects of of the verse or of the gospel of the scriptures hit us hard at particular times but don't ever let us deny the other parts ever 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 don't ever let us use our reasoning to tell another portion of scripture He's wrong, or I don't need you. I just need this election. Sure, this for a new child of God might be the greatest thing in the history of the world. It still is unto me. But there is something else that's even greater in my heart at this present time, and it's fruit-bearing. It's the life of a Christian. It's holiness. It's godliness. 
because I've seen and I've tasted the joy. And so what our Lord is here saying is the same thing as Paul. Paul is saying, look, it's the faith of God's elect, his chosen ones, that's that's according unto the truth. It's unto godliness. And the Lord Jesus here is saying, you did not choose me, but I chose you but and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. He didn't just choose us for salvation in heaven. If he didn't just choose us for, re for regeneration and to know the gospel, he chose us to bear fruit. And that fruit is not how many people I save. That fruit is my own character. That, that, that we love one another. That, that me and you stick by the truth. That we spread his gospel, that we live unto his glory, that we love each other. That's the fruit bearing he has talking about. And that your fruit should, it should remain. And that whatsoever you may ask the Father in my name, that you bear fruit. That you love people. That you have patience. That you have kindness. That you repent. There is supernatural grace from God to live the Christian life. And so we need to stop talking about our faults and our, and our weaknesses as if that's a barrier to live the Christian life. It's not. Uh, when Peter was walking on water, all the winds and the waves and the impossibility of his feet was not a hindrance. As long as he had his eyes on Jesus and he's receiving him and all that he has in Christ, he's able to do all things but through Christ who strengthens us. But when he turns his eyes away off Christ, now is you're looking at your sin. Now you're looking at your weaknesses. Now you're looking at your past. Now you're looking at your faults and at your failures. And now you're going to come tumbling down. But when you keep on receiving Christ and believing that he makes you able, he gave a command. He told Peter, come. And Peter, is, he was wise and he said, if it's you, then you bid me, is you tell me to come unto you. And so I have the authority of your word to come out and step on this water in the storm. And the Lord Jesus said, come, come, come unto me. And he got out of the boat, he climbed down, he stepped down, he stepped on it, and he began to walk on the water, just like Jesus. Let me say this ahead of time. And then as we keep going in the message, because I want it to, it to be made clear. If I have the power to resist sin, 
and temptation at any time, then I have the power to resist sin and temptation every time. Now that doesn't mean that I can live life perfectly. I can't live life for a perfect moment. But my works are acceptable by faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. But temptation and sin is not our master. Let's go back into the book of Titus. And it will come out more as 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 we develop his message. But I want you to hear me on this. And um, if you challenge me, I'm going to beat you down with the scriptures um, because I know this for a fact. So I prefer you to hear and listen and put your anger aside. Put your pride aside. Put your put aside even your grief over your own sin and failure, and hear what God has to say in the gospel. He's telling us that the faith of God's elect is unto godliness, and I'm saying it's unto heights and unto levels that you and I have never known. And that's what Paul is also teaching in Ephesians 3, that according unto the power that works in us, that he and you, that he's able to do more exceeding abundantly than, than, than he and you can ask or think. And he's talking about holiness and character. He's talking about growth and grace. I don't want to hear your sin has you bound. I want to hear about Christ Jesus. I want to bring our sins unto him for grace. And don't tell me that the grace of God is insufficient for our sins. That overthrows the entire gospel. And and that says it's not actually under godliness. It's it's under bondage. It's under it's un it's unto a chain and 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 that's a lie and there are brethren there are some brethren who are not brethren who preach and teach that sin has dominion over us that we ought to be godly we should be it would be nice but we can't and if we do it's great and if we don't it's okay because we're accepted by Christ Jesus that's a lie the gospel is under godliness the faith of God's elect is under godliness that faith that makes me and you believe that God has chosen us, stirs us up with enough love and affection, and it gives us the power of God. Verse number two from Titus one, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, is is are you angry that I'm talking about a holy life 
or are you hopeful and optimistic and can't wait uh, to hear more? Hmm? If you're angry, there's a, there is a fault in you. I ask you to calm down. If you're hopeful, if you're optimistic, there's more coming. In hope, in, in blessed hope, if, if, if we live our life in hope, is I might not have hope about the things around me. Oh, but I got hope of eternal life. I got hope of being in heaven and paradise because I got this hope in me already. I might not be able to change my circumstances, but I can change my character. Is I might not be able to find the job I want, but I can work and bring glory unto God. Is we had a a, a it's it's a conversation and a back and forth. It was on working. If working is important unto God, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I don't have to, to make excuses about anything in my life. I can have reasons. I can have faults. I can have failures. I can have weaknesses that need help. But I cannot say that 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 no sin has dominion over me. I cannot say that. Not this attitude, not this weakness, not this problem in my character. I can say I need growth and grace, but I can't say it is my master. Not when I have God in Christ Jesus. Not, not when I have hope of eternal life. Which is in me right now already. And I'm going there. Which God who cannot lie promised before time began. He promised it unto you and me that believe the gospel right now. Nice to see you, uh, Brother Victor. He promised it. From he forward time he began. He organized everything in the history of the world to bring us eternal life. He organized the whole slave trade for me to hear the gospel and others how were like me? Is he raised up Europe and the USA to send out missionaries for for people like you to, to hear the gospel of God's grace? The orchestration of this entire world is the damnation of his enemies and the salvation of his elect. And you have been included on the good side of God. And it was all by grace. And it was nothing of you and me at all. It was his decision, his choice, his promise from before time began. And he promised it unto us particularly and truly. And he'd be a liar if it ever failed. If even one of the elect 
fails to make it home into glory, he's a liar. And that cannot be. He, he cannot he cannot lie. Who can make God a liar? He controls everything. He orchestrates every event. Nobody can make God a liar. His power is infinite. That's why when we start talking about I can't do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's like, what? You can't? I can't do this. I can't overcome this. I can't change this. Well, yes, you can't. But how about through Christ who strengthens you? Through his power. Is he able is God able? That's our gospel. Is God able who controls the world? Um, that's what I was talking with the people about last night at the seminary. The, the ability of God. That's the gospel. It has nothing to do with ourselves. And if I can overcome sin once by the power of God, I can overcome it 10,000 times by the same power of God as I keep, as I keep, as I keep looking unto him just as I did that one time. He is not going to let me and you down. That's not possible. He promised us eternal life. He came through. As many as were ordained to eternal life believed and they kept going and they bore fruit. Our gospel is supernatural power from God Almighty himself. Verse number three. And, and that's what Paul is saying in Ephesians 1, verse number 15 through the end of the chapter. He's saying, and then he picks it up again in chapter 3, and then in chapter 4, 5, and 6, is he says, put it into practice. But he's saying there is supernatural power. I want you to know the power of God that raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. That is the same power that works in you. He raised him from the dead. Now, I don't know about all of that. He sat down at the, at the right hand of God after he had finished after he had finished making our atonement, and then he went back into that body on the third day, and he raised him up, and he walked out of the tomb. That power unto bring life from the dead, it works in me. It works in you. We've got almighty power inside of us. And it's from our God. Verse number three. But has in due time 
He manifested his word, his gospel, through preaching, which was which was committed unto me according unto the commandment of God our Savior. It's a couple things here in this verse that are important. It's a commandment and it's a manifestation, right? He manifested our election unto us how? Anyone can hop in and answer just to make sure you're there, you're still listening. He manifested our um, election how? Either you can you can type it, if you can audio it. Ah, but you have to look in the text, in the text. I'm asking you a question out of the text. And so in the text, he manifested our he manifested our election how? Don't be scared, is anybody else? Anybody? Yeah, there it is. Through preaching. His election was made known unto us through preaching. And now he has given us a commandment, just like Paul, to preach the blessed gospel. Now our gifts might not be the same as Paul, but our ministry is the same. It's our message is the same. Even our method is the same. Our whole life is to bring glory unto God. If I'm mute, if I get in an accident, I can't even speak ever again. If I get, you know, if some cancer that's in my throat and I can no longer preach the gospel, I just can't do it no more. My life is still all about bringing glory unto God in the salvation of his elect. That means I need to up my prayer game. If I can still write, I'm going to be writing. If if my hands are crippled, I can't speak, and I can't write. You know, it's it's a sad thought, but if that's what God chooses, I still have a heart and a mind to preach the gospel unto myself and to pray that other people might be saved. And it might be the best I can do is smile at my nurse. I don't know what God has in store for me. What I must what I must suffer for the gospel in this life. But I know this much. I've got a command from God our Savior. And so does each of you to make the gospel known with our life. 
because God sent somebody unto us with the blessed gospel. And until, until he and you heard that, our lives, our souls were bound, heading for hell inside of our consciences, our fear, our guilt, our shame, our b battle with sin that he and you were losing. Our consciences were so troubled, our fear of God, our fear of hell, our emptiness in life, our failures, our helplessness, our slime, our sleaziness, our utter wickedness, our utter worthlessness. And now God has redeemed our life. It was through election. It was through the preaching of the word. That's now our business. Now, if I have to have a job, I work my job. If I had to go back into America, it's because I don't have any giving and I don't have any support and I have to get a job, I work my job. But after work, I preach the gospel. At work, I'm preaching the gospel with my life. I'm trying to bring everybody I can unto Christ Jesus. That is the life that's filled. That's the only supernatural, powerful life that's worth living. And if you read in 1 Peter, the majority of that is in our conduct, in our character, it's under trials. It's with bad bosses. It's in submission unto the government. It's in submission unto an evil husband. It's our kindness unto those who persecute us and hate us and how we pray for them and we actually, is we actually bless them from our heart as we wish them well. And I need to grow in these graces of the Spirit because that's what Christianity is. It's about character transformation in a supernatural life that's by the power of God and the message of the gospel being spread through every other means imaginable. It's according unto the commandment of God our Savior. It's a command. It's a command. Let's go live for the gospel. Verse number four. Is he writing unto Titus? And he calls him a true son in our common faith. The majority of the commentators think that Paul is, 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 is he begat Titus. And it may be true. He is the method he is the means that 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 God used to birth this man anew into the kingdom of God. That might be exactly what it means. But it might also be a relational he's a, he is a father unto a son. And I, I, it, I keep going back 
to our brother Timothy, who first began to learn the gospel from his mother and his grandmother. And so either way, as to whether he begat him through his ministry of preaching, he treated him as a son. And that kind of love and affection for the people that we help to see the gospel, if it is relational, that that's just that's just how we act towards each other, because I'm older and this other one is younger, or if it's even more personally relational in that I was the actual means of begatting a person unto Jesus Christ. That love and affection is not to be abused. As I see often here in Nigeria, the the sonship it's abused and the father is overbearing and he's harsh and he is using his sons in the ministry as slaves and he has them in fear and that's not supposed to be and I know that in America, in our culture, is you don't call a man your father, except he's your father. And I know that part of that is because the Lord said, I'm in Matthew chapter 23, call no man your father. And it's our revulsion against the 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 Catholic hierarchy, and as they had, it's the papas. That's what that's what the term pope means. It means father, and it's an abhorrence um, unto our nature and unto our culture. It's the people who came over and they started America. The the founding fathers is is the notion of being under the control of any man, it was offensive. That that's why we it's 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 we are it's we try to be controlled by a document, a piece of paper, the constitution, instead of hopes and kings. But if the term is in the Bible, it's a true son then we need to it's it's adopt that kind of affection and to not be so indifferent and i think if we if i myself had more affection towards our children in the faith that that he and you would have even more of them as I look at Brother Charles Spurgeon as he talks about his first convert, oh, the love, the joy, and the happiness, and the joy he kept getting, and the affection he kept getting out of his converts. And 
is I know that people will hurt you. They'll leave. They'll change their mind. They'll, they will leave your ministry. They'll talk bad about you. And these are people whom you had loved and who used to love you. And there's a break and there's a heartache and it's, it's a tear. But we got to go through with that. Is, is we can't just leave our children in the streets because we're scared about being hurt hurt by them. Is is we have to have our affection and we have to be involved from our heart. And he calls Titus a true son, a real son, a genuine son. And as to how do you know, Paul? Well, it's a, it's a common faith. Each of us is trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it isn't it is a, it isn't a, it is not a trust in Paul, because Paul is not trusting Paul. He's trusting Christ, and he's saying, Titus, you and I believe the same thing. And one of the sad things I heard last night as I was talking with the Equa pastor here, and I know this from experience. In Nigeria that the men approach you who want to be pastors and what he said and I know it is all that they want is a piece of paper and so in class they sit and nod and smile and they hear the teaching but they don't care and they pick up certain things but they but but they go back after that they graduate and preach the same garbage that they used to. That's why I'm not handing out a degree, a certificate, a plaque, any kudos on a piece of paper. Your life testifies if you know the gospel I'm preaching. And if you have the character, I'll put I will put, I will I will put my hands on you and say I'm a part of this man's ministry. I believe he's called by God to preach a gospel and I'm with him. I've seen his character. I've seen his message. That's that's a true son. It isn't a piece of paper. It isn't a course that I've taken. It's a transformation of character that's by the Almighty God to believe the same gospel, the same true gospel, and preach the same thing I'm preaching. This is the only way to God. This is the only gospel. This is not an optional gospel. There are many ways to preach it straightforwardly. 
there are many gifts in the different people, and there are many, there are many people who have different ways of going about the same thing, and 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 that's the character of the freedom of the gospel. I preach uh, without notes. I'm just most comfortable. I think that Brother Paul Washer is he. If he will normally preach, it's without notes. R.C. Sproul is without notes. But if you look at Brother Steve Lawson, he's got a stack of notes. Who cares? He's preaching the same gospel, page after page, in those notes. I'm preaching the same gospel, even without notes. This is it. It's the same gospel. There isn't anything else. There isn't anybody else that can tell us anything that's of any importance except the gospel of grace you're hearing now. This is it. So I'm a true son of Paul, too, in that sense. I'm following my master, and I'm following his teacher as he followed Christ. How about you? Are you in this common gospel, or... Is, are you all in? Are you convicted? Are you convinced? One of the things which happens that shows us that we're part of the true gospel is we leave everything else. If you're still listening under Benny Hinn, you got a problem. There's a problem of your understanding. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not saying he isn't even close unto the truth of the gospel. It's not possible. And I had a conversation with a young man. This was either last week or the week prior. It was probably last week. And he's a preacher. I have heard him preach. And I have met him. And he quotes uh, the Puritans. Uh, he quotes Spurgeon. But he still quotes also from the lying prophets and from the false teachers. And he, and he quoted something that was heretical. That me and you can lose our salvation. And so I questioned him on it. Just to see as to, is that what you're saying? It was extremely subtle, but is that as to what you're saying? And I, I, I received no answer. And so after a while, I wrote him privately. And I engaged him in some conversation. And I, and I, and I caught him in a trap. I had an opportunity to ask him directly, what are you teaching on this point? And he came out with a, a bunch of lies that are about that are about a gospel and i told him this is your problem you're still listening to everybody else that's not preaching the true gospel and the common faith as you're trying to hold on to and hide inside of the truth that's that's somebody else's preaching, and you are mixing in the wool and the linen, the ox with the donkey. And you need to come out from among them and be 
separate. That's what Paul says in Second Corinthians in chapter 6. He isn't talking about marriage. That text is not talking about if I can work in business with an unbeliever. Everybody is in business with unbelievers. If you buy or sell anything, that's not what it's talking about. If your boss is an unbeliever, that's covered in First Peter 2. You submit even if he's cruel and mean. You submit and you show the character of God. Is you're working unto to the Lord. Everybody's boss is not owing to, to be nice and kind. But you work and you get your job done. But the point I'm making is that this man, he is mingling in between two truths. And that's why he's not clear. And I asked him as to where do you attend church? And he denied that he is listening unto false teachers. I asked him, where do you attend church? Apostolic something or another. I took the link. I looked it up. It's fake miracles. It's Arminianism. It's the kingdom of this world. It's false prophecies. It is false promises. It is not the true gospel, even though they may some, even though they may say some nice things about Jesus. If I say that Jesus Christ died so that I could sleep with your wife. I have corrupted, I have twisted the gospel no matter how much I talked about the limited atonement and election. It's a false gospel entirely. If a person is preaching that Jesus Christ died so that you can be healed from all sickness and have money and be healthy and wealthy and happy in this world and stuff, they're preaching a lie. That's not what the apostles preached. It's a heresy, according to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5. We have to be in the common faith. And I think that is we're going to have to stop here at verse number 4 with this last thing. The apostle Paul says, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Grace and mercy and peace. And I want to end with this. I have to go immediately. I don't have any time uh, to answer questions. Is I have another it's another class. But this grace, this mercy, and this peace is everything that I need to serve God and to overcome the sins that are in his flesh. And so I don't want you to think, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's his greeting. No, it's a prayer. It's a petition. It's saying these are all the things that you and I have from God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. One, His grace. All 
of the grace that I need to live the Christian life is mine already in Christ Jesus. And he will, and he will give it for the asking so that I can overcome my sins and you too. His mercy in my misery, in my sins, but in my misery, in my hardship, in my failure, in my trials of life, in the things that hurt me, in the things that make me cry, in the things that hurt my feelings, in the things that disappoint me, in, in, in the job I didn't get, in the opportunity that shut down, in the illness that I'm feeling. He has pity on me and you. He has compassion. He has kindness. Peace. He's at peace with us. He's reconciled through the shed blood of Christ. If he only had grace, but he had no peace, I would not have any relationship. I could ask him for stuff, but it's like a father who's rich, but he doesn't really like his children. That's not good. If he only had peace, but he didn't have the grace and mercy, that would mean that his attitude is good, but he can't help me. That's not good. If a father has love and compassion, but he doesn't have any money to feed his children, he doesn't have any money to, to actually buy to actually buy the medication. It's nice that he's at peace with them and, 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 and that he loves them. But he wants to be able to provide. Our God can provide the grace that me and you need. And he's at peace with us in his attitude so that we can come to him at any time in our faults, in our failures, in our sins, in our weaknesses, in our needs, we can come unto Christ Jesus and we can look unto him. And the Lord bless you. I'm almost tempted to say I have time and to answer only only one question if there is one, if it's brief, but I, I just have to get going. I, 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 I appreciate seeing each of you here, and I think it's some men, it's some women here who know the gospel. If you have questions, ask it in the group, and you help each other to understand. If, if there is, is anything unclear, I can help later. Or you can do the research yourself. As to with our group that's online uh, for right now, it is called the the John Marks the John Marks School of Ministry. And I want to train people to preach and teach the gospel. That means that other people need to get involved uh, over time. To be able to assist in the teaching, uh, in character, in correction, 
and helping people understand the gospel. Because as I travel, as you meet people, as they join into the group, is they're going to come from different levels. And in measure, is we're not going to try to, uh, not going to try to delete each and every comment that's bad or every post that's bad. Is we want to correct people and to show them the, um, the blessed gospel in that post that that was wrong or in that comment and to show them as to why that's not a gospel of, of God's grace. But here it is. And so I want and I need uh, the help um, over time, and I ask you to help and to be in assistance um, as it grows, and to not just take it in for yourself personally, but to try to be helpful according unto the grace that's given unto you. Don't try to be clever. Don't try to be smart. Just point people unto Jesus Christ and the and the truth of the gospel in as straight a line as possible. Uh, the Lord bless you. Uh, the Lord be with you. I'll be missing you. I'll be thinking about you. I'll be praying. Peace. In grace and mercy and peace from the Father and the Son. Amen.